The Daily Rios for Tuesday, January 22nd, 2013. Hey everybody, how are you? This episode is another rebroadcast of a podcast that I listen to and want to give a little bit of an uh, attention and some love. This is the Nerd Goggles Podcast, which you can find at nerdgogglespodcast.blogspot.com. It is hosted by MJ Starchild, and she talks about things that she enjoys, movies, sometimes comics, sometimes TV, sometimes music. And then what she does is she also talks about books, whether that's print books, comics, audiobooks, anything that is on her shelf that uh, she wants to share with uh, the listeners. Uh, you can find all of this, as I said, at nerdgogglespodcast.blogspot.com. You can find MJ on Twitter at MJ underscore Starchild, child with an E, and that's on Twitter. And there is a Nerd Goggles Podcast fa- uh, Facebook group that you can check out. In this episode, this is the final uh, Nerd Goggles Podcast episode of 2012, and it's episode 18, where she's going to talk a little bit about Total Recall the Movie, the Doctor Who Christmas Special, Misfits, Disneyland, and also the Disney Sketchbook by Ken Shu as she gets into a little bit of a discussion on art. Um, she's an artist herself, and uh, she takes a look at the sketchbook. Um, the episodes are usually only no more than a half hour, and uh, I just really enjoy what she's doing with the podcast, and I thought, you know what, um, as I'm uh, a little busy this week, this would be a perfect time to um, share the Daily Rios feed and present one of her episodes And if you like what you hear, make sure you give it a listen, subscribe through iTunes, and uh, I will be back tomorrow for New Comics Wednesday. So here you go, episode 18 of the Nerd Goggles Podcast. I'm rumbly in my tumbly. Time for something sweet. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Nerd Goggles Podcast. I think this is episode 18, and hopefully it'll be the last one of 20. 12. This is actually my second go because yesterday right in the middle um, I had this asthma attack that came on really strong right out of the blue and I couldn't stop coughing and wheezing and so we're going to try this again tonight. Let's see, things I've been thinking about this week. Well, Saturday I saw Total Recall and actually uh, I liked it a lot. It was kind of, I was surprised that it didn't stay in the theaters for very long, and I guess people didn't like it. I didn't really hear too too many reviews about it, but um, I enjoyed it. I thought the fight scenes with, and I posted this on Twitter, I thought the fight scenes between Colin Farrell's character and um, Kate Beckinsale's characters, uh, character was pretty damn awesome. The choreography on that, I'm sorry, I'm going to give this away, but when she freaking slides into his damn face and knocks him out, <laughs> I was, not only was that hot, it was badass. I love Kate Beckinsale. If I had to choose between um, between her and Jessica Biel, who I like her too, but I just there's something about Kate Beckinsale I really, really like. Um, and one of the other things I kind of noticed about the movie, and I don't know if you guys want to hit me up and, and let me know if you noticed this too, but... 
the city reminded me exactly of episode two of Star Wars from the right to the platforms where they were landing some of these ships on to just I don't know if you you guys got to see this movie if you, if you haven't seen it or you you have seen it and you have the DVD or you plan on watching it take a look at the background take a look at the city it looks just like Star Wars so I don't know if they use ended up like reusing some of that um some of the 3D animation but it's very very similar and even some of the robots kind of they reminded me of stormtroopers because they're white and black and then they have like black ones and I don't know there's sort of some similarities I think as far as like costume wise and design wise to Star Wars the, the story definitely isn't and I like the fact too that it um it was a completely different story which I remember hearing that when it came out but then I kind of forgot about it and so I was, as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, what happened to this and this and that? And then <laughs> I remembered that uh, it, it hit me that I, it was um, not the same story as it was before, which I was okay with. You know, it's a reboot with a, a different twist on it. That's perfectly fine. At least it makes it makes it a new movie with, you know, some throwbacks to the old one, like the, the three boob chick, which if you guys would have seen my, <laughs> my mother's face when she saw it, it would crack you up. So, let's see, anything else? Uh, oh, the Doctor Who Christmas special. How could I even forget to talk about this? You guys, this was, I've already seen it three times. I love it. I love Clara, Clara, whatever her name is. Um, I love her so much that I can't remember her name or pronounce it correctly. Probably because I kind of like the name Oswin. It's kind of cool. But anyways, um, oh my gosh, it was so good. Um... I think it actually might have gotten my mom back into watching Doctor Who, which would be great because then I'll have someone who I can immediately talk to each episode um, about with. Yeah, and then after I watched it the first time, I went back and I put on Asylum of the Daleks, uh, Daleks again. And then I watched uh, the Christmas special again right afterwards. And I like her. I, I mean, I love Emmy Pond. If I have to, to rate them so far of this, this new series that's been going on, I still love Rose, and I love Amy Pond, and I'm definitely going to like Clara. She, um, she's quick. I think she's going to keep him on his toes, whereas Amy was really spunky and kind of kept him on his toes. She's going to be the one that's going to mess with his mind. You know, she, uh, she looks like she has the smarts and the intelligence that so far none of the other ones have really had um, to kind of keep him going, and I like that a lot. And... The secret that she has. I don't know. But my my first theory I'm throwing it out there is whatever is bringing her back to life. If you haven't seen it already. Sorry, spoiler. Um, is maybe how they'll be able to continue the show. Because if I'm not mistaken, he can only regenerate 14 times. And we're already at 11. So this could be a way to continue the show indefinitely. But um, yeah, I'm excited for Doctor Who Season 7.2. And then probably the last thing... I was thinking about is Misfits. Just finished that season. Um, is it season four? No, season five. Um, it took a while for me to get used to it. Um, not really into the character Jess. She doesn't do too much. And I'm going to tell you right now, this is the first time I've actually remembered her name. I like the new chick. I think her name was Abby. It's too bad she came in towards the end. But if she's going to stick around for next season, which it looks like they're going to have a next season since they had like a little bit of a promo after the series, uh, the season finale, um, I can't wait to see what her story is. And I really like Finn and Rudy's relationship. I thought that was kind of cool. We hadn't really had a, 
a buddy buddy or a bromance on the show yet. Everybody previously have kind of like been friends and kind of hung out with like everybody individually. Well, except for season one, Kelly and and Nathan had a, a a pretty good relationship when they decided just to stay friends and not and not become a couple. But um, since then, everybody else was kind of you know hung out either together and rarely by themselves, but they just dated each other. So this is kind of like the first I think actual friendship that went on. So that was pretty cool. So towards the second part of the season, I really really started to enjoy it and it picked up. I know some of the people I I, I watch it with kind of didn't like it and they might stop. They might drop it. But um, hopefully, if season six comes back strong, I'll convince them to to watch it again. Okay, so I'm going to deviate again. I I had been tweeting because I was going to do the next podcast on A Jedi Path, which then I ended up doing the Christmas, the little Christmas poem, which kind of was spur of the moment, but I, I, I just felt like it was appropriate for the time. So that's why I wanted to do that. And then, but uh, Friday I went to Disneyland. I went with one of my oldest friends and her son, and I took my nephew. It was his birthday, and first of all, it was crowded. I hadn't seen it like that in a long time, and I've gone on actual on um, on Christmas Day, and it was empty. But um, this was years ago, and even his ticket said that we couldn't even get into the Disneyland park. Um, until after five, which was cool because we were going to go to California Adventure anyways because uh, we wanted to check out some other new stuff that was there. So anyways, a little bit after six o'clock or about six o'clock, we ended up going to the actual Disneyland park and we're walking in and I saw this this little shop and I can't remember if it was called like the art shop or the sketch shop or something like that, but there was a lot of prints that I could see from the doorway and I remembered... During that week, Scotty Young had posted some pictures of art books that he got for Christmas. And so I thought I would look in there for one of the ones he got. And lo and behold, there it was. And it's called A Disney um, a Disney Sketchbook, which is the one I'm going to do today. There's actually very little writing in it, but the art in it's amazing. So I just kind of wanted to talk about it a little bit. So this is probably going to be a short episode. The book was larger than I thought it was going to be. So it was a little bit intimidating. <laughs> And then I had to lug it around for the rest of the night. Well, actually, I gave it to my friend after a while, so she lugged it around. But, um, like, I guess I should uh, say it was copyrighted in 2012, just so you guys can get a time frame. So it's fairly recent, and I don't know why I haven't heard of this before, because I follow on Twitter, Disney, and on Facebook. And it's published by Disney Enterprises, Inc. And the paper on this is so nice, you guys... I was kind of like a freak. I, I swear I was looking at somebody's real sketchbook and I was afraid that I was going to smudge some of the art in here. So every time like I would touch a page, I would look, I would lift my hand up and look at the page and, <laughs> and hope that I hadn't smeared the art. But, um, and that's how good it looks in here. Like the, the images that they scanned, it looks like in someone's sketchbook, which is basically the premise of this whole thing. And I thought that maybe I would try and read the, um, the forward. Okay, so I'm going to scratch that idea of reading the forward because I was reading the um, copyright page again and it said any kind of transmitting, even in the recording of the contents of this book, without permission, you can get in trouble. So I don't want to get sued for nothing, that, you know, for all the money I don't have by Disney. So anyways, essentially... The Disney sketchbook is, was put together 
as if all the Disney creators throughout the years um, kind of were leaving it to the next generation. So as each creator, um, you know, drew in the book, then the next generation would look at the book and learn from it and then put in their own kind of book. Um, so that's basically what the forward says. And I've already gone through this book one time um, completely. And let me tell you, it, it really is inspiring just to see how some of these initial drawings, you know, started out. There's, um, just to go into it a little bit, there's also an introduction by Charles Solomon that kind of goes into explaining, um, he gives a little example. Oh, um, I'm sorry, Charles Solomon is an animation critic and historian, but he gives one example of Bill Pete working on the, the story panel for the Jungle Book and then, and working on Mowgli's expressions with the monkeys and stuff, and then it says right here, Pete drew and redrew until he had gotten all the entertainment potential out of the moment that he could. Other artists and Walt Disney would have examined Pete's storyboards and made suggestions that led to new drawings, which were clearer or more dramatic or funnier. So, I mean, it's kind of funny because you're, you're looking through the book and you'll see some of the some of the drawings, like this one right here I'm looking at. I, I, there's no page number because this is like like a straight sketchbook. That's how they made it up. And, um, or how they put it together. So the, this particular page I'm looking at, it's Mickey Mouse. And there's, um, one, two, three, there's five drawings. One of them, he's standing out, um, face forward with his hand kind of out. And then you see that same pose and he's sideways. And then that same pose is, um, drawn twice with additional notes. And then we kind of see him. So he does a 360 turn around and that's what, um, which I think is called like a character uh, character model sheet, and like in this one it says his head is constructed from a slightly flattened circle, and so are the ears. In a front view, wrinkles help the perspective of the snout. Cheeks bulge slightly. And then in the next picture where he was sideways that I mentioned says the eyes fit the roundness of the head by following the center line of the face. As I'm looking at these pictures, Disney or Mickey isn't really anatomically correct in the sense that his head is a circle and his two ears are identical circles but even in a profile view the same um, the placement of his ears are exactly the same sideways as it is um, if you were looking at him from the front and I guess they, they, uh, I'm the only thing I can assume is that maybe you know they wanted to keep that kind of symbol all the time in people's minds and this is what Mickey Mouse looks like kind of interesting and there's a lot of great drawings in here. Some of them, and just seeing the different techniques that people are using. And I'm I'm going to be the first one to admit that I'm um, I'm very bad at um, following people's art. It's I've never really had favorites uh, um, except for like the masters that that everybody um, that's commonly known to everybody, like Van Gogh or um, Monet. Those are two of my favorites, just because I love the way they, you know, they apply paint and Picasso. But um, as far as like a lot of these Disney artists, I think the only name that I I probably ever knew was um, and that sounded familiar would have been um, the t two of them that I mentioned earlier, which was Frank Thomas and Mark Davis. Everybody else, I guess I never really paid attention to. I um, just even recently just learned about Milk Hall and Glenn Keane. You know, shame on me. I, I, I love Disney movies and then I have no idea who's drawing them. 
but I'm learning. And it's not really a matter of, like, not being into the art or who's doing it. It's just, I don't know. I just always just, you know, watched it and paid attention. The same thing with comics. It, I've never really paid attention to who the artist was. I've always been more into the story. I don't know. I guess that kind of makes me maybe a bad artist. You know, a, you want to learn from these people and you appreciate it, but then you don't, you don't know who their names are. But now, as I'm older, I, I've been paying a lot more attention to it, and especially now that I've been getting back into my drawing these last couple of years. You know, I deviated from that path, and now I'm kind of, I've been, well, anyways, I, I've gotten back into into drawing and to my to my first love of creating art and trying to pursue that. But anyways, I've been paying kind of closer attention to to artists that I actually like and you know I, I mentioned before I really like Scotty Young's art I've also noticed that I really like the art of like Phil Noto that guy makes some penetrating eyes man when they say the eyes are the windows to the soul he gets he gets it I mean that's sometimes it kind of freaks me out just seeing how he draws those eyes and I really like um Joe Isma from um Morning Glories I really like the way that he's able to capture each one of the characters of that comic Anyway, so going back to the Disney sketchbook and the artists, um, I don't know. I can go back and look and see who did what, but off the top of my head, I have no idea who created who. So that's probably my only my only gripe with this book. And I did read a review after I bought it, and somebody else, um, that person, I forgot what website it was on, kind of had the same thing. Was unless you actually know who the artists are you know, who did what movie and all that kind of stuff, um, you wouldn't know who, you know, who drew what. But it doesn't mean I can't appreciate it, you know, it, it doesn't devalue it for me or anything like that. And I can always go back and see who, who did what, um, especially with the, the old stuff. So, um, anyways, yeah, there's some great drawings in here. I love the sketches. I, ch I checked out some of the sketches of Tinkerbell and just like looking at her right here and you just notice all the they have a lot of, they use a lot of the same lines to make her all these like flowing lines for her legs they um you see them in her skirt they're in her hair and i think that's what kind of, maybe what makes her appealing to some people we have some sketches of Alice in Wonderland which is one of my favorites my actual favorite disney movie is um, Sleeping Beauty, and there's not very there. There's some pictures of the of uh, the fairies, but not of uh, Aurora. But um, there's some pictures here of the the rabbit, and again, it's like a, like a model sheet. You have um, him running, so it looks like they were practicing movement here, like drawing how he would run, and um, so that looks pretty cool. You see his feet moving, kind of like if he was bouncing slow into then to a quicker speed where his legs all of a sudden are just like kind of flying at the side of him and then there's some pictures here with uh Tweedledee and Tweedledum and they have a comparative size between Alice and then um the two twins which is pretty cool and then it's just funny kind of I don't know why I keep saying it's funny it's cool to see like the different techniques everybody has like some people are very very sketchy which I like um, there's a drawing that I really liked from, um, I think it was Dumbo, and I think it was Dumbo's mom, and it's super, super sketchy, but I really love it. It just looks like it was done 
you know, right off the top of their head. Like they didn't even think about it at all. And it just, I just love the movement of the lines and stuff like that. And then, um, there's some great value drawings. Um, one of the ones I think that stands out the most is from, um, oh, there is a Snow White. I mean, there is an Aurora here and Prince Philip. So, um, I'm trying to go back and find it because I can't think of it. Peter Pan. I'm sorry. So one of the ones that stands out the most, um, as far as like doing a value scale is, um, they have, there's two pages here and one of them is the kids and it looks like a very con an early concept drawing of the kids from Peter Pan because it's, um, doesn't look, um, they do not look anything similar to what came out in the movie, but it's kind of them on the bed. You have Wendy, she's kind of standing off by the, um, the foot of the bed, holding onto the railing and then the two, the two boys are on top of the bed and you just see like these dark shadows and then there's another kind of storyboard panel it looks like and it's a very very rough sketch and it's Peter and he's sneaking into the what looks like the room and it's real 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 dark and you barely see anything and he's like the darkest silhouette and there's just like a little bit of hints of light but I really like how how it looks there and on the contrast that's going on in the drawings so there's a lot of that and then very few of them have like notes attached to them and some of the ones that that stand out the most were like that first one I was telling you with um with Mickey Mouse you know how he's supposed to how you're supposed to draw him the ears and stuff like that and then there's another one with um Scar and it has like um it says like his eyes are tilted this is um for his head his his the top of his mane says this part always needs good design and then there's two comparison there's a wrong and then there's a right or these two are wrong I'm sorry there's a comparison of two wrong ways to to do his hair and then it says here like Scar's face is longer and narrower than Mufasa's and then the um on the, the following page is kind of a more rendered drawing um let's see anything else that stands out oh there's um like it looks like an early early concept of Cinderella and she just looks awful <laughs> I have to be honest she does not look like Cinderella and the only way reason why I can tell it's her is because of her outfit she has a little apron on but her face is like kind of scary looking but um I'm glad that they they reworked that out because I don't know that might frighten some that would have frightened some children and then one of my favorite model sheets in here is um a stitch which Lilo and Stitch is also one of my favorites I love that movie I saw it so many so many times but um I love the way that they have this all mapped out here because they have the lines of how tall he's supposed to be. So Stitch is roughly two and a half heads high. And then um, they have these basic shapes. It says his head is a half circle shape for the head. And it says, and then for his body, it says avoid straight, um, avoid straights, keep action lines directed. And it's kind of like these little wavy lines and it's, it's broken up into two pieces and his um, head is also broken up into two pieces. And then um, has his arms start thick and taper down. And you just see like these drawings. Um, there's two rows of drawings and the, the top row it shows the basic shapes. And then as they kind of build up and then we see what he looks like. And then the next one is a profile view and it's the same thing. You see um, the half moon shape of the head and then the wiggling of the body. But this time it's a little bit more um, like elongated. And it says limb placement along the action line. So his arms are right along the middle line. And then again, we see the buildup of how he's supposed to look. And it says, keep all the lines chunky and stubby. <laughs> so it's just kind of cool to see that. 
there's a nice like gesture drawing on the back it's not even part of the sketchbook really it's part of the um the inside cover and it's um Pocahontas and she's running and you can really see like you can feel her running you can feel the wind in her hair you can feel like the her clothes kind of the way that they're not flying because it's a little bit firm fitting but you can just tell that you know she's that she's moving there's a lot of movement in that drawing but yeah this is something I would de definitely recommend anybody who's a fan especially of Disney art to buy um, there's also some preliminary drawings of um, Aladdin. It's kind of funny because both in this, this drawings of Aladdin and of Jasmine, they're very, very ethnic. And it looks like they toned that down for the movie, especially with Aladdin. And here, this picture of Jasmine, she looks like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> so she could be a Kardashian. But um, yeah, the um, Aladdin looks very, 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 very ethnic here. Great drawings, though. Um, let's see if there's anything else. There's some good, nice sketches of Beast. And I like the way they did this too because you see him. It seemed like he was focusing on expression. So there's a lot of detail in the face, but the body is just very, um, loosely sketched out. Let's see who else. Oh, and then there's, there's an earlier drawing of, um, of Beast. And he kind of looks like a wolf. And then you can see how he changed, which was one of the, the, the things that, um, in the introduction is mentioned that um that Glenn Keane was working on um he had done some drawings and he he didn't really like how it was looking um and so then he he ended up kind of doing a mixture of let's see what it says here he ended up um he started studying animals in a zoo and combining elements of gorilla bison wolf lion bear and wild boar into the beast that Bill learns to love and i think he paid, he he really um um him going to go do that really paid off instead of just kind of sticking with one one animal and just incorporating a bunch of different ones. I think it really created a unique, you know, um, a unique creature that everybody can recognize. And which is one of the things that he says here, says when you design a character for a Disney fairy tale, it's going to become the definitive design for that character. So you don't want to hack something out. He says, and then he goes on, he says, I needed to put in the kind of care I felt it warranted if it's going to live on in history as the beast. Which is true, and it's, sometimes I think it's not. I know, I know when I'm drawing things, sometimes I don't think about, like, is this going to stand the test of time? Is this, I mean, I know I'm not a professional, but still, you know, even when I'm working out anything, is this, is this going to be able to hold up some years later on? And, um, you know, these are, these are things that these guys really have to think about, especially with a big name like Disney. And I love this drawing here of um, Prince Philip with the horse. It's really cool. I think this is when they, they kind of see... Um, rose and um she's in the forest and there's a little and like the the little drawing of her it's just like a kind of a it looks like a quick gesture drawing you don't see too much detail in her face looks like more uh, looks like they were focusing more on the movement because she's dancing and you can tell she's holding her hand um her hand is holding up her her skirts but yeah so you know if you guys are definitely like i said i, I recommend this book to anybody um, I can look at this over and over again. Some great drawings in here. You know, and now I have a... I have to go back now and do a little bit of research and see who... Who, um... You know, who drew what. And... It's a little... Little homework for myself to do. And, um... The price was like... It was like 50 bucks at Disneyland. And I kind of... Yeah, it's a little bit pricey. But I kind of felt like it was... It kind of made it a little bit more special buying it at Disneyland. Because I did see on Amazon that it was a little bit cheaper and um, at Target. But, um, 
you know, it's worth the 50 bucks. And plus I had a, my season pass, so I got 20% off. <laughs> so I only paid like $43 with the tax. So, um, yeah, you guys, check out a Disney sketchbook, okay? And I hope you all have a happy new year. Be safe out there. Don't drink and drive. I'm sure you'll listen to this after the new year. So I hope you didn't drink and drive. And I will see you next year. And the next episode should be a Jedi Path. And hopefully I can get it out this week. I'm going to make myself get out that, that episode at the end of the week. And if you guys like to contact me, you guys know the drill. It's nerdgogglespodcast at gmail.com. The blog is on nerdgogglespodcast.blogspot.com. Where you'll find links to the Facebook and to my Twitter and to iTunes. Well, actually, there might not be one on iTunes, but there's one to Stitcher because I am both on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you guys like to check out my art, you can go to M Squared Design Inc. with a K.com. And there's a link to my Deviant. And hopefully I'll be putting some new stuff up in there if you guys do, you know, peruse it. But, um, yeah, you guys uh, have a good one. When I'm king... What'll that make you? A monkey's uncle. <laughs> You're so weird. You have no idea.